how about that word of prayer before we start? Lord of God, as we come to your word, your truth, we need your help, your spirit to help us understand it and to apply it to our lives that we would be more like you. Help us this morning to be open and shut out everything that's going on in our lives at the moment and just focus on you. Bring our full attention of all of who we are to your wonderful character and your love. In Jesus' name, Amen. Last week we looked at the Ten Commandments and we looked at that it was a revelation of God's character to his people, his chosen people, the Israelites. And that in revealing himself to his people, the Israelites knew of their sin before God, that they were sinners. It revealed in their hearts that they were sinners. That the law was not something that they could keep, but it revealed in their hearts that they were sinners. And in doing so, it showed them that they were in need of a relationship with God. And in the first four commandments, it deals with um, their relationship with God and what that should look like. And then to go on and deal with the relationships that they have with one another and what that should look like. And we spoke about that it was, a, it was a law given by God to his people at that time, the Israelites. And along with it came blessings and for obedience. And there were curses for, for, for when they weren't obedient, when things went wrong. But we spoke about that we don't live under that law today. That we don't live under the law of Moses that he gave to the Israelites but there is relevance for us today. And and Jesus puts it so plainly and simply in this overriding principle which was the overriding principle to the Israelites and it's the overriding principle for us to how we are to live today. The expert in the law was trying to do his best to, to trap Jesus. Teacher, teacher, what is the most important commandment? You know, they would have loved to have heard Jesus say something like, oh, to, to not have any other gods but me or do not murder. That, that's the most important. They would have loved that. They would have been able to then put that on a pedestal and say, look, I'm doing this one, the most important one, the best. The other ones aren't so important. They're not as relevant. But Jesus' reply silences his enemies. Jesus simplifies things from the 1613 laws to the Ten Commandments. Jesus brings it down to this, that we are to love God. We are to love others. You know, it's not complicated. We often complicate the Christian life, don't we? We often complicate our Christian life with all sorts of goals and, and restrictions and, and our own little uh, standards that we might have for our own life that we think are doing good but sometimes they take our focus really off the, 
thing that God wants us to be doing which is love. And Jesus just uncomplicates life with this word love. The entire law he says is based upon this command to love God and love others. Can you imagine what this world today would look like if we just loved God and loved others as Jesus had commanded? There'd be nothing really to watch on the news apart from the weather perhaps. The the law is a revelation of who God is and who God is, is love. 1 John 4, 7-10 are are well-known verses and I'll just read them out. It says there, Dear friends, let us continue to love one another for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God but anyone who does not love does not know God. For God is love. God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. God's law is good, it is perfect because God is perfect. And the law points out the problem that we have, that we are sinners. And the problem is that our sinful hearts and our sinful lives do not naturally portray the love of God. We do not love as God loves and we cannot love each other as God intended us to love each other. And that's our problem. We have is sin and separation from God. That's the way we are born but God's solution is Jesus. That if you come by faith and believe in what Jesus has done on the cross, that if you come by faith and believe in that, that you will be brought into a right relationship with God because God will look at you not now as the sinner separated from him but through the blood of, what Jesus, of Jesus Christ and that he died for your sins. And that through his resurrection we now have an eternal relationship with God. Not that you came out of love to God. That's not what 1 John 4 said. Not that we loved him but because he loved us and he gave his son for us. Relationships don't start, human relationships don't start with love. And that might raise a few eyebrows and put to bed maybe your theory on love at first sight, Sam. Don't know how it happened with you and Desi on the streets of Vienna. I know, she's Greek, isn't she? Okay. But I know when Rachel and I um, got to get started going out and I shared this, I think, a couple of months ago about um, at Rob and Mary's place, which was a surprise to them. But um, when, when we started going out, we, you know, I wasn't in love with Rachel and Rachel wasn't in love with me when we started our relationship. But as we spent time together and grew together, closer together, got to know each other, 
You know, love started to form. I started to fall in love with who Rachel is. And, and we don't come to God because we love him and we come to God to be in a relationship. We come to God and believe by faith because he loves us. Because he is love. And through him coming into our lives, through his Holy Spirit, his love then enables us to love. You may think, oh, there's plenty of non-Christians that can love people. There's plenty of love out there in the world. I'll tell you, there's nothing, nothing out there like the love of God. And God's love being lived out in our lives parallels the character of God being seen in our lives. I'll say that again. God's love being lived out in our lives will parallel the character of God seen in our lives. That character that we just read about from 1 Corinthians 13 about what love is. It's about what God is the character that we spoke about last week that God revealed to his people all about who he is. Jesus said in Matthew 5.17 about that, that Jesus, he said, didn't come to abolish the law. I didn't come to abolish the law but to fulfil it or accomplish it. The law revealed to the Israelites who God is and Jesus Christ is saying that that is the nature and character of God and I am God, I am the nature and character of God. What you read about God and what you know about God is what you will see in my life because he is the exact representation of who God is. The only one who can fulfil the law because he is God. And the point now is that the character of God is now made available to you and I. Because God has made himself available to come into our lives and reproduce what is true of his character. And to take that life and make it true of the way that we think and the way that we live. Because his character, to be able to forgive be gracious, be humble, be kind and speak the truth and most importantly be loving as God is loving. All these things can be true of us which we thought maybe we could do before but now they are more possible to, be, to, to, to do more, to be more loving, sorry, to be more loving that is more humanely possible. We thought we could love, we thought we could speak the truth, we thought we could forgive but not like God forgives and God loves and God speaks the truth. Because as Paul said in Philippians, it's no longer I that liveth but it's Christ living in me and he wants to take you and project through you 
all of who he is. That there would be thousands, millions, whatever it is on planet earth of surrendered people who have given their lives to Jesus who are living on planet earth living out and displaying the character of God and that's how he wants to win others to him that people will see what God is like through Garth and through Kat and Andy Do I love God with all my heart, soul and mind? What a question, what a challenge. Do I love God with all my heart, soul and mind? My entire person, the physical, the emotional and the spiritual. Loving God with every aspect of yourself is to allow God to define you of who you are and what you are. That you would find identity no longer in what you thought was important before you met Jesus Christ as your Saviour. That you would find identity and purpose for living now in Jesus Christ. A number of years ago, I was one of the leaders of youth group here before we spent a few years at Edge and there was a young fella who came along for the first time um, with history. Pat Owens was his name and there was a few stories floating around about this guy, I think it was in year 10 or 11. Oh yeah, we sort of had this emergency youth group leader meeting I don't know, but I think maybe one of the elders came along. And we, uh, there was one story about a microwave, I think, in the year 12. I won't go into it now. You can ask him if you want the full story, but we were worried. You know, but we spent a number of years away, as I said, and, and we came back to Monte here last year. And uh, we have seen, you know, I've noticed so much the work of Christ in so many of the young people here and the young adults at Monty. So much had changed. We'd sort of kept in contact a little bit with some people but when I came back here I just, I couldn't believe that the, what, the, what God has been doing in young people here at Monty. And it's evidence when you see that change in people, when you see people committed to God and surrendered to God. It's, just, it's evidence of, of, of God's love in people. It's evidence that people are surrendering every aspect of their life to God that in, and in doing so that they are loving God with all that they have. When you're single, so much of your time and energy goes into yourself when you're in high school and going through uni or um, apprenticeships or like, like myself, so much of your time and energy, you, you, you're focusing on yourself and then you meet someone and you, 
fall in love, as I said, and you get married and, and, and then you've got to divvy up that time. Divvy up the, the money and, the, and, and, your, um, and your priorities. And then kids come along and that changes everything. <laughs> oh, you'll be struggling to get a couple of hours to watch Collingwood on a Sunday afternoon. Yeah, today, yeah. <laughs> and when we come into a relationship with our Creator God, everything changes. He wants us to be like Christ. And when Jesus comes into our life, it's not about what we are going to do for Christ, but it's what Jesus Christ is going to do for us. It's what Jesus Christ is going to do for us. That there will be a love now in my life and in yours if you know him as your saviour. There will be a love in our life that wasn't there before which now enables us to love God and love others. We would be a new person because to love Christ with all that we have translates into living like Christ. To love Christ with everything that we have will translate into a life that is Christ-like. Do I truly love my neighbour? That's the second challenging question this morning. Do I truly love my neighbour as myself? I've got a couple of things to say on this but I I just want to let you know and maybe it's a good exercise for yourself but I spent so much time thinking about this and just being challenged about the way that we love one another. Maybe not so much here on a Sunday but where it gets a bit tougher out in the world, those that don't love back. Because it's been my experience that far too often love is conditional. Love is conditional based upon maybe something that, uh, you know, I'm loving someone because they love me back. I'm loving someone because I know that they can do something for me, maybe down the track. Or sometimes we can be like Helen. She had broken up with her fiancé, James, and then she had some second thoughts and she wrote a letter to James. She said, Dearest James, no words could ever express the great unhappiness I've felt since breaking off our engagement. Please say you'll take me back. No one could ever take your place in my heart, so please forgive me. I love you, I love you. I love you. Yours forever, Helen. P.S. Congratulations on winning that lottery. (laughs) What sort of value do you place on people? Seeing them as people created in the image of God 
people that can potentially be used by God to express his nature and his character and his love to the rest of the world? I know I'm way too quick at times to judge people. Way too quick at times to label people. Sometimes to avoid people. But loving others, friends, is not a choice. Loving others is not pick and choose. But Jesus commands it. Loving our neighbour is an extension of loving God. It's a flow on effect that should take place when our relationship with God is right, when we are walking right with the Lord. When we are in relationship with God and his love is in our lives and our love for God is all-encompassing of all of who we are and what we are, It is because of what God is doing. Not because of who you have who you are or anything special that you've done. But it's all because of what God is doing and the impact that that's having on the relationships that you have with one another. William uh, Booth, General William Booth is the founder of the Salvation Army. And uh, one day he was asked for the secret of his success. Booth replied, from the, from the day I got the poor of London on my heart and the vision for what Jesus Christ would do for them, I had, made, had to make up my mind that God should have all of William Booth that there was. And if anything has been achieved, it is because God has had all the adoration of my heart all the power of my will and all the influence of my life. A person who is placing the interests of others above their own, who is getting alongside the unpopular people. A person who cares most for the vulnerable and the despised of society is undoubtedly one whose relationship with God is about loving God with all their heart, soul and mind and a person who God is using to express his nature and character through. I know that as I looked at this study and as I stand here this morning that I want that to be true of my life. I know it's not right now but I want that to be true of my life and that has been a real challenge for me as I studied this. But it's a journey and it's a journey for me that I know is going to end spending the rest of my life with Jesus Christ in heaven. But for now God wants me surrendered to him. God wants 
me and you to love him with everything we have. Don't hold back with everything we have because he has brought us into a relationship with him and the God that is love has come into our lives and that love is to be seen by others in the way that we relate to God and the way that we love God and in the way that we love each other and the way that we relate to one another. Lord and God, as we come this morning to your word and learn from it, may we take away from it the truth, what your spirit has laid on our hearts. Uh, May we understand more about who you are and your purpose for our lives. Lord God, may we be surrendered people to your will and your purpose. May we have hearts that can be moulded and may you take us and use us for your glory that our relationship with you and our relationships with one another are a clear witness and testimony to the world of what you have done in our lives. May this be true of us as we face this week and the weeks beyond in Jesus' name.